The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hi, everybody. This is pro wrestling legend Jim Cornette, and you're listening to The Rough House. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode 214. I am Marty. And I am uh, Kristoff, and I have uh, would like to declare myself, not for the Royal Rumble, but I would like to declare myself as the world's biggest Shingo Takagi stan at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what, Chris? I... I I was going to say there there are some big stories this week uh, coming out of Stanford, but I, I think we just got to sort of jump right into it. It's been a very, very big weekend for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it has. Uh, between Friday and Saturday, we had the uh, official announcement of easily the most in- anticipated match in New Japan Pro Wrestling history internationally since, let's call it Omega Tanahashi. Yeah, okay. Uh, and we also had uh, a, a, the first new beginning show of uh, of of the uh, of the series. New beginning being their their first uh, major events post Wrestle Kingdom this year, uh, and it has easily an early contender for match of the year. Um, yes. I, did you want to talk about the international match first, or yeah, we can to- go chronologically. That's okay. Fine. So Friday night. New Japan Strong played on New Japan World. Uh, it had been, you know, ongoing this whole time. They shot a shit ton of episodes uh, in quarantine uh, in Los Angeles with basically the the U.S. New Japan roster. You can tell it's a bit older because Kenta's hair is a lot longer. <laughs> but uh, the recent run of shows definitely filmed a bit more, uh, a bit more currently. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure when they were filmed. But uh, an occurrence happened this week, which definitely hinted that these were filmed more recently than any of us thought. Um, I mean, you certainly have some cool things like Chris Dickinson popping up and finally getting a shot, you know, under the lion mark, which has literally been that dude's entire career aspiration. Mm-hmm. But shock of shocks, at the end of the show this week, John Moxley, former AEW world champion, current AEW talent, and current IWGP US champion shows up attacking Kenta, basically paying off the past years of uh, storyline in the New Japan Strong Universe. Uh, Moxley's been US champion for 392 days. And has defended it how many times? uh, Maybe once? Yeah, he, Or has he, he defended won, it since he won it? He, he won it against Lance Archer at Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th, 2020. He yeah. defended against Minoru, Minoru Suzuki, oh, that's right, Suzuki at New Beginning, <clears throat> New Beginning. last year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the main event was the six-man, uh, Kenta Hukulo and El Phantasmo 
um, jumped Leo Rush, Fred Roster, and TJP uh, after Leo Rush pinned ELP. Lights went out. Moxley pops up, has the U.S. title, lays out uh, Hukulo and ELP, and then uh, Kenta and Moxley went face-to-face. Kenta goes for the GTS, Moxley counters, hits the Death Rider, and says, uh, well, he said in the promo that he would face Kenta in Tokyo one of these days. That's been switched up as uh, officially on uh do i have the date here uh friday february 26th new japan uh will be presenting the new beginning usa show and uh the main event of that will be john moxley versus kenta for the u.s heavyweight championship yeah i mean that's the match really because there there aren't too many other big stars in the realm of new japan that have been doing the uh you know, the, the strong show in the U S right. Right. So this is just a U.S. based show unless they have some other surprises in stores, which could be possible. Yeah. Um, but even other surprises probably won't be as big as this match is going to be. Um, Kenta has had that briefcase for what? Three, four months at this point, probably. Yeah. yeah quite a, quite a <clears throat> while. And has been calling out John Moxley by name and promos. So, you know, you knew it was going to lead to something. I'm glad that it's finally happening, but you know, the big, deal behind the scenes is that this is happening in the u.s and what we had always uh heard in regards to the aew um allowance of john moxley to work new japan is that it was not going to be allowed on any u.s soil shows only for shows in japan or out of the country essentially didn't even right you know could have been in mexico i guess uh (laughs) just uh not not in the states um so the fact that this is happening is a big deal uh and it, you know i sent I, I i sent you the text or the tweet of that happening and then you know you wisely said the doors are opening up and this could yeah. lead to a lot more potential crossover between the two companies AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling which can be nothing but good for both of these brands that we both love and watch intently so it's very yeah. exciting right now very very exciting uh very interested to see where these things go uh, of note uh if you are not currently a new japan world subscriber um we're about to tell you another reason to sign up for beyond seeing mox versus kenta uh but there's going to be a uh new subscriber campaign this is something that new japan's pushing right now uh that if you sign up between uh February 1st and February 27th, if you're a first-time New Japan World subscriber, you may win a John Moxley versus Kenta t-shirt. They're giving away 100 t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> now, I having saw been... the design of the t-shirt, and it they're, they're, somebody needs to talk to their merchandise department. <laughs> I need... All right, somebody find me a Japanese translator. Maybe, yeah. you know, somebody... I don't know. I don't know anybody who speaks Japanese. I think one guy I went to high school with now lives in yeah. Japan and teaches English over there. Maybe I'll reach out to him. But somebody needs to talk to their damn graphic design department because their t-shirts... 90% of their t-shirts are hideous and things I would never wear. And this yeah. is coming from a fat, bald, bearded wrestling fan who's currently sitting in his freezing basement in two hoodies. <laughs> yeah, of, of course. You know, big luxury himself. Christoph like a lot. Yeah. Hey, I'm Kot- a, you know, KOTOR Chris over here. I'm, I'm not paying for, for heat when I have extra hoodies laying around. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, it's it is kind of an ugly shirt. But hey, you get a free shirt and check this check this match out. I'm very excited for it. I'm hoping that this is just sort of a drop in the bucket of these companies yeah. working together. Um, it was certainly unexpected uh, that Mox would appear on New Japan Strong, let alone uh, appear. Uh, unpromoted, unpromoted, let alone yeah. also appear in a new Japan show that was filmed in the U S. So, um, yeah, very, very, very exciting. I will say, uh, also on the, uh, new beginning U S show the week before, cause it's a two week event. Uh, that's going to be headlined by ELP versus Leo rush. So a uh, nice little push for Leo there in new Japan. Yeah, that's um, a good match. But, uh, the first of the three new beginning shows, happened on Saturday as it was the new beginning in Nagoya. Uh, it was basically uh, focused on uh, the ongoing New Japan Dads and Empire feud and headlined by one of the best matches I've seen not just this year, but definitely possibly ever. Uh, it, it, it was incredible. Um, but let's talk real quick about the uh, New Japan Dad versus Empire matches. There were two yeah. of them. Uh, it was Great Okan against Hiroshi, uh, Hiroshi excuse me, Tenzan, Tenzan. Yeah. in a loser band for using the Mongolian chop match. See, this is these, these are the kind of steps I'm here for. Okay, <laughs> just this is pro wrestling. This yeah. is the most ridiculous thing. Two guys use the same move, uh, and now only one guy can use it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I thought it was a clever step, and I was not super surprised that Great Okan won. Sure. Um, Tenzon busted his ass. You can tell Tenzon's definitely a broken toy, though. He's yeah. he's not what he used to be. Um, however, his partner. Satoshi Kojima had an absolutely baller no DQ match with Will Ospreay. Yeah, Kojima's like what fifty plus easily. He's probably um, like he's, I think he's right? near fifty. I don't know if he is actually. God, 50. he's not fifty. Let me see. Satoshi he looks. Kojima. He looks like. <laughs> he uh, looks Satoshi like Kojima the... turns fifty. Or sorry, he turned fifty in September. He just turned okay. fifty. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he. He's look like he's got some he's got some miles on him. Yeah, we'll, we'll put yeah, it that. Yeah, yeah. But he's experienced, and you know, it's one of those, uh, you know, like you said, New Japan dads gives the young upstart heel um, a fight, and yeah. it was that. It was it was not there were not a lot of wrestling maneuvers in no, this match. No. They they, they, they went straight fight. to punching each other in the face, which was pretty and, awesome. Yeah, well, especially because there's no reason that Kojima needs to do this yeah yeah <laughs> he's he's settled into that new japan dad with yuji nagata now tenzan's in there and yeah you know liger's out but there's a couple of the other ones who are still uh you know nakanishi just retired too so yeah. you know he's, he's kind of the the worker of the new japan dad <laughs> right 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 I, I guess at this right. point because makabe sure as shit is or he, oh yeah makabe yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and um oh god what's his name with the bad neck uh in the gravely voice who now has a feud with naito for some reason um Oh, Hanma. Hanma. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why, by the way, they're doing a Hanma uh, Naito feud, but they are. Uh, whatever. Anyway. But, yeah. yeah. Kojima did not have to do – he did not have to go soaring into a table that is propped up against a turnbuckle as he did. Yeah. Uh, which looked absolutely fucking brutal. Um, but, yeah, tough tough old New Japan dad holding his own – I think the the spot most people t are talking about is uh, Will Osprey had a ladder stretched out 
um, across the ring into the guardrail. Yes. And it'd been sitting there for a while. It was kind of a Chekhov's ladder sort of situation. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Kojima's down. Will Ospreay is on the outside climbing to climb the turnbuckles to do something crazy off the top. Up pops Kojima and then like gives this uh, video game style big right hand and Ospreay launches himself from the turnbuckle halfway across the ring out into this ladder on the outside in yeah. a spectacular dangerous spot. Uh, it was about as clean a version of that bump as one could take. Like yeah. when I saw Osprey coming down, like he, and I, I know that this is typically said as an insult to a professional wrestler, but I mean this in a good way. Dude looked like a stunt man with yeah. how perfectly he, he like steadied yep. his body for what undoubtedly, hurt like a motherfucker it was as clean a version of that as it it could have been um but yeah really spectacular move unsurprisingly though uh we had the uh elbow into a chair from osprey a hidden blade and then the Stormbreaker as the the, uh trio of moves to finish off kojima as uh osprey and of course the empire win the feud United Empire. Yeah, United Empire. I keep I keep forgetting they added that. Yeah, um, but United. Very, very good match. But that main event, never open weight championship. On paper, we knew it was going to be good. Yeah. But uh, the ace pulls out another classic at 44 years young. Hiroshi Tanahashi, the challenger. Shingo Takagi, the champion. And after 35 minutes and 40 seconds of... Some of the most exciting and dramatic action. We have a new never open weight champion, and I think the never open weight title is about to be the number two belt in the company. Yeah, well, it certainly seems that way. And you know, I, this may come as a surprise to some of you because everybody who, at least on our Twitter, knows how much I mark over Shingo Takagi. Yeah, I'm not even mad that he yeah. lost. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this. This match was absolutely fantastic. Um, and I think part of what made it so good is that, you know, they do the the house show builds to these big matches. And there was yeah. a lot of six-man tags and stuff like that with with Takagi and, and Tana, you know, kind of coming to blows and staring each other down. But the, under underneath it all, there was still this kind of mutual level of respect there. Right. And I think, you know, that part of the build that went into the match and yeah, maybe the first five to seven minutes or so was kind of you know, like a typical New Japan match. They're feeling right. each other out They're you know, uh, doing counters and reversals. And I, stuff I did like appreciate that. that it started with a knuckle lock versus yeah. the standard uh, uh, collar, elbow, collar elbow and elbow tie up. Um, but you're right. It did have that, that beginning sequence. And when I was watching it, especially in the beginning, I was like, Oh, you know, this, this is nice. This is me too. This is fun. And it hit this incredible fever. It became a match about dragon screws, which of course is Tana's big move. It was a Uh, V match. Yeah. But the level of striking and explosive offense. I mean, we know Shingo's got that in spades. Yeah. But to see it on the ace was yeah. not something I anticipated. There's a maid from Japan that she oh, go no. hit oh. that I fucking howled at because yeah. it looked like he shoot murdered Tanahashi right in the middle of the ring. Right uh, on I, top of his head. I, I know you watch uh, typically with the U.S. commentary. I watch yeah. the Japanese because that's just what I'm used to. Sure. Hiromu was on commentary for the match. Uh, 
and he fucking howled at it. Like, <laughs> I don't know what Hiromu was saying, but his reactions to things were a fucking 10 all match long. Uh, but in, in that moment when that Made From Japan got hit, like, yeah. you could tell he lost his shit. When, when you have, in that commentary booth, I forget who the third guy is, uh, you know, the primary commentator for New Japan, but you got yeah. Mono Collection ET, right. and Hiromu in there. You have two ex-wrestlers in mm-hmm. there. And when you hear them mark out on commentary, it just yeah. adds another level. So I was just blown away, you know, by what they were getting out of, you know, their their fellow athletes. Yeah. Um, Next time I watch it, I will watch it with Japanese commentary because I'm yeah. definitely watching this match again. Yeah, it, it was it was so goddamn good. Ace pulls out a beautiful high fly flow for the finish. Um, yeah. Not that any hit an ace is high from the outs from the inside to the outside yeah. earlier in the match. There were so many near falls that I a hundred percent bought into. Yes, in this match, and not just not not false finish for false finish sake. No. These were just big finishing moves that you you thought that was it, and yeah. you know it's that the fighting spirit. You yeah. know that's. That's it, man. That's what gets me. And I feel like, like you said, once that Made in Japan didn't hit his flush, I feel like yeah. it kind of – a switch uh, went off in Tana's head. Yeah. Uh, at least in the storyline that I was going through on the match. Maybe yeah. it was all planned to happen this way. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know, I feel like that was like, all right, motherfucker. Let's yeah, fucking l- go. L- let's go. God, and there was a, there was a pumping totally bomber it up. Yeah. that Shingo threw toward the end, which was insane. His lariats, his pumping bombers, the the smack that they let off. I, I just, I always just let off. Oh, yeah, like that, I get so excited. I was watching the final fifteen of this uh, of this match with this massive grin on my face. Yes, yes, because I was one hundred percent bought into what these two men were doing in there. It, it and it also speaks to. I mean, I, I know we praised uh, Shingo and Jeff Cobb. Uh, yeah. from Wrestle Kingdom, and of course, you know, the, the two main events is, is being some of the better matches already this year. Yeah. It feels crazy to talk about match of the year on January 31st, but that's where we are mm-hmm. now. Um, that there is, and and it'll come up again later on in the show when we talk about another match. To yes. me, there is, and, and we've discussed it quite a few times on the show, at least for me, um, there is an undefinable extra joy in a match that blows away expectations. Yeah. You know, when when it's a WrestleMania, when it's a Wrestle Kingdom, when it's a, you know, double or nothing, these are the prestige shows for these right. companies where you go, you know what? We're going to see a big time match. Yeah. Someone's going to deliver on this show. Period. When it comes from a new beginning, when it comes from a random TV episode, yeah. you just go, I did not expect that. Like it, 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 it's like when you go to a movie that you think is going to be a piece of shit, and you go, "Yeah, this, this was awesome." You know, there, yeah. it, there's, there's just this extra level of joy that you discover, and that's what Shingo versus Tana was for me. I thought it was going to be a good time. I was looking forward to checking it out. It was not something that was on my like. I need to wake up Saturday morning and watch it as soon as humanly possible match. It was like, I'll, I'll get to it over the course of the weekend. For me, it was, <laughs> uh, and, and that's fair. And that's fair. Yeah. Um, but I put it on and I was just absolutely sucked in. Like I, I, I felt the joy of every near fall and yeah. I, I can't speak highly enough of it. And, and again, I'm pretty sure we're gonna be talking about this in December. 
Yeah, I also mega hyped it up for you too. Yeah. So I and I always don't I don't always want to do that. Yeah. Because I kind of want you to you know not expect it to be awesome. Yeah. But I like I said I just this match just spoke to me like this was you know I and I kind of said the same thing about Shingo and Cobb because that's but they're two different matches both with Very Shingo who is yeah. an amazing uh, performer but Shingo is really good at the big beefy guys bumping beefs which was the Jeff Cobb match yeah but the 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 fighting spirit and going against a guy with a different type of style like Tanahashi yeah it it just everything everything worked man it was and i know i'm you know i'm gushing and i you know sometimes i get a little gushy with matches sure. but this this one it, it was something special you know i highly highly recommend people you know yeah. sign up to get your t-shirt wait till tomorrow yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sign up maybe get a get your get a t-shirt out well of also and, it, and it's smart because of the weird way that uh new japan world uh charges you they always charge right. you on the first so yeah right. Feb Feb one, set yourself a reminder. Sign up. Check out this match. Only it ten is, bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I, I de- guarantee depending you. Depending on the uh, depending on the currency exchange. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's yeah. about ten bucks a month, and I guarantee you, um, between the new stuff and the stuff that's in the archives, you'll get more bang for your buck. Uh, sorry, Leslie Nope, than you would for Peacock. Yes. Okay? Yes. Which hey is a great transition because we need to break into the World Wrestling Federation for over fifty years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. If you had told me at the beginning of this week <laughs> that Vince McMahon would throw away his autonomy for a billion dollars, I probably would have believed you. <laughs> but it doesn't change the fact that the announcement early this week that the WWE has sold off the WWE network and its content to NBC universal to be moved into Peacock is one of the craziest things of this year. And I know it's early, but it is yeah. absolutely crazy to me. It was a wild development, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a longstanding relationship between yeah. NBC, NBC Universal, um, with uh, WWE. It goes yeah. all the way back to, you know, Saturday night uh, main event, mm-hmm. uh, which was on NBC. You know, that was the, um, what was that fucking guy's name? Uh, the TV guy that, oh, uh, yeah, I, Bob, I, I, Bill, Bill, Bob, Billy Bob. Uh, I, I, I know what you were talking about, but I can't recall his name off the top of my head. But it, the, the one who, the XFL was, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, akin to that as well obviously you know usa network has been the home to monday night raw aside for a couple years when it was on tnn yeah uh, which usa clearly regretted Uh, yeah and 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 there is also the very clear line of of understanding uh, which i didn't find out too weirdly enough um i i the day that this news broke i had the today show on okay and um on the Today Show, they were having a conversation not related to uh, the WWE thing, but they were having oh, yeah. a conversation with Bonnie Hammer. And I was like, why do I remember the name Bonnie Hammer? And Bonnie Hammer was the president of USA Network. Okay. Bonnie Hammer has been the foremost advocate for WWE programming on USA. And she was on uh, the Today Show because she was talking about, I don't know, empowerment of women in the workplace or something like that. Because she's been an executive in the NBC Universal family for a very long time. What I did not know is she is the head of programming specifically for Peacock. 
And like there, Matrix Code-esque, it all yeah. just fit together for me. <laughs> but but to break down how this works, I mean, uh, you know, there there is the weirdness right now, which is the 17,000 hours of programming, all the WWF, WCW, ECW pay-per-views, uh, all pay-per-views and live events moving forward, all episodes of Raw and SmackDown, you know, all the episodes of Nitro, at least to our understanding, yeah. all of it's going to be within Peacock. Uh, that's going to be starting March 18th. Uh, and the first test of them doing a live pay-per-view is going to be on March 21st for the newly added Fastlane show, where originally yeah. was not planned for this year, but they added it so they could do this test. Here's the part that is wild to me. If you do the math on everything WWE, they have about one, one and a half million subscribers. They're being paid $200 million plus a year for five years for this. Someone broke it down. NBC is paying WWE $15 a subscriber to have a service that cost $10 be brought into Peacock and they're going to charge people $5 for it. <laughs> I'm not good at math, but that doesn't seem like good math on the side of uh, Peacock. Especially when you're only going to bring in one to one and a half million subscribers. Like if everyone who watches raw got a WWE network subscription, which to this day, they don't. Yeah. That's 1.7 million subscribers. Yeah. That is not a lot of money. That's that's 60 to $70 million a year that they're paying $200 million for. Yeah. And I don't know if the... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I've been trying to figure out how this makes a wise investment for Peacock. And I, I'm not a money guy. I, I am terrible with money. I don't money. even know who, like, from from my perspective, I look at this as if and when I want to have the WWE Network again. Oh, cool. I get to watch the Saved by the Bell reboot. Like, that's, that's, really, <laughs> that's really the extent of right. where it sits for me. Also, I get to pay half as much as I did unless I don't want commercials, which... Right. I'll, you know, I'll be honest, probably I'll, I'll probably just spend the $10 again. So, all yeah. right, you already got $5 more out of me. Excellent work. NBC Universal. I don't know if there's a person that's like, you know what? I just got Peacock for the office. I've been wanting to see what this pro wrestling thing is. Right. I, I need that moment to learn what professional wrestling is. And, and, and it's not even like this is, I mean, for, I, I will say this for WWE. This is kind of a no brainer deal. Like, Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. No, F- if I'm Vince, I'm done. 100% handing it over. But when I look at what they were trying to do, they were trying to recapture what UFC did with ESPN Plus, which was UFC sold the rights on a yearly basis for $500 million. But the way it works is ESPN, Disney, whatever you want to call them, you have to get the monthly subscription for ESPN Plus. And pay sixty, seventy dollars mm-hmm. a piece for each UFC pay per view. 
Of which there's like one a week or something, isn't there? They're like, they uh, seem well, like I mean, they're, they're always there, having there are, a UFC. There are some live events which okay. you get as a part of ESPN Plus. But like gotcha. the, the Conor McGregor fight sure. two weeks well, yeah, ago was... uh, or a week ago, that's $70. Right. On top of your $7 a month. Right. So they're generating significantly more money on every yeah. individual show. WWE in this is going, eh, just throw it in. Like, right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a baffling decision. And, and like I said, the idea that Vince McMahon in some way, shape, or form um, may be beholden to the whims of others to promote yeah. his show is wild to me. I guess you can argue that, yes, Raw and SmackDown are beholden to their individual networks to, you know, in and how it's being promoted. Right. But... I can't imagine this idea of losing that direct payment system from your fans, even with the additional amount of money that they're getting. It it, it just it feels like a very weird way of giving up your independence. Also, if I'm Fox, I'm feeling like I'm just standing here holding the bag. Yeah, they're I'm paying right now. They're paying more per year for SmackDown mm-hmm. than USA pays for Raw mm-hmm. and now SmackDown's going to be promoting NBC Universal streaming service every fucking week. Yeah. That's uh that's weird. Uh that's an interesting I wonder, you know, I wonder what the account exec, you know, the one who's <laughs> who's responsible for dealing with Fox had uh I'm sure that was a pleasant phone call. Yeah. Um, yeah. What does this look like in 2022 or 2024, whatever it is, the, the when the deals go up? Yeah, like I think uh, I would think if I'm NBC Universal, I swoop in and try to get SmackDown. Oh, of course, yeah. No, you want everything under the umbrella. I also but... kind of wonder, and and this may be where you're going. If I'm paying these guys a billion dollars here and nearly a billion dollars there, maybe I just buy the fucking company. Yes, exactly. This seems like a test run for, or at least a uh, testing the waters sort of situation for maybe Vince giving it up and selling the company eventually. I mean, the dude is pushing, what, 80, 70? He's old. He's 77 or something? He's he's 70. uh, Well, he's not. uh, uh, Rod Bigman is 77, or was 77. Rod Bigman, who passed away this week, Vince's brother. Um, But, you know, Vince is in his 70s. And yeah. by the time these deals are up, he's going to be almost 80 years old. Yeah. I could see him selling it off. Now, if I may paint a scenario for you, if that happens. and Please, I'm, paint away. And I'm, I'm a little saddened that this won't be the out because we still have a lot to cover. But imagine if you will. <laughs> NBC Universal. They bring WWE to Peacock. It goes okay. well. Raw ratings, maybe they stabilize once they get in front of fans. You do that, they decide, you know what, instead of paying for Raw and SmackDown every year, because I assume they're going to try to get SmackDown back. What if we just buy you? Vince says, hey, sure. Pay me $5 billion and it's done. They could get that back in like, what, six, seven years? Okay, so we spent all this money. We at NBC Universal. now we got we to cut some costs. Uh-huh. What if instead of having that big cost of all the trucks and everything and paying for flights and all that, we just put everything 
in one native location. Where can we put it? Oh, we've got that empty lot at Universal Studios. Chris, I ask you, what is Monday Night Raw doing in the Impact Zone? <laughs> that was a long walk, and it was very worth it. Well done. Very, very well done. I, yeah. I feel like I am going to be saying this exact sentence in five years. By the way, if we're still doing this podcast in five years, maybe shoot us. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what else are you going to do on a Sunday morning? <laughs> you know, that's a great point. That is a great point. Spend time with your lovely wife and yeah. cats. Yeah, no. come on, no. Come on. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I just had this vision where I'm like, "Fuck, they're going to run every WWE show out of the Impact Zone." Oh man, how sweet would that be? That would be. <laughs> That would be ridiculous. Now, right place, wrong time. That's pretty much what, that's a TNA story right there. You know, and it could end up being, this could be the, the first domino to fall in AEW becoming the dominant promotion in the United States. Yeah. I don't think that much of a stretch to, to yeah. say that there's, you know, if you're splintering off timelines from this exact moment yeah uh, probably the majority of the timelines might end up with that yeah. um also i'm what i'm really curious about is what one paul levesque feels about this yeah um because you know uh, he is pretty much been primed to be the one who takes over the company once vince uh, gives up living or owning it mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. one way or the other whichever comes first um so you know and if he has to answer to not just well i guess he wouldn't have to listen listen to a board a wwe board if they get bought by nbc universal you'd have to listen to whomever is in charge bobby bobby uh who is it bobby Cannavale? who was it in charge <laughs> bonnie, bonnie hammer bonnie hammer army hammer's mother yes uh bonnie hammer who uh you know not started a started started him on his cannibalistic ways uh <laughs> If, if 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 trips has to listen to her uh about you know big decisions and stuff like that you know yeah. it, it's there's a lot of possibilities that spring off from this is what we're getting at here and yeah. there's a lot of questions um yet to be answered uh yeah. you know whether or not people do keep keep on uh whether or not you know adding it to peacock g gives a spike to the to the weekly shows i mean i was scrolling through peacock last night and they already have like uh, a, a line of content of WWE stuff. Up yeah, there. yeah. There, there was some WWE content that got uploaded there. It was before even this deal was made. Um, the, it, was, it was, but it's prominent now. Yeah, yeah. Now it is right smack dab in the middle of everything. Um, I will say for me, uh, it f my my big worry slash concern is because I feel like one of the few things that WWE still does well is the outside of the ring content your mm -hmm. you know your 24s your day ofs you know all yeah. of those things your documentaries have historically been great yeah my concern is this might be the end of those because you know why produce them if uh if you don't have to and i will say cynically there's part of me that thinks why on earth do they need to put effort into booking a pay-per-view yeah when they're That's just getting the paid one. yeah it's it, especially because we are talking at 11.45, the day of Royal Rumble, and I I think I know what the card is, yeah. but I feel like that shit's going to change because oh, there's, there's some curveballs that got thrown at us, too. 
Um, yeah, you know, yeah, big COVID curveball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mia Yim, uh, aka uh, I don't know, ragtag of retribution. Um, <laughs> she. You don't want to call a girl rag something. That's probably <laughs> fair, point. fair point. Especially when it's the head baddie in charge, because they can't yeah. say bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, she made the weirdest statement. Uh, yesterday morning on Twitter saying at yeah. uh, 1030 this morning, I, I denied the rumor that I had COVID because to my knowledge, I did not have COVID. I took a test today and discovered that I tested positive for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, uh, that was, that was a journey that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That notepad memo that she uploaded to her Twitter. So I would imagine because the women's division is not overflowing right now that yeah. she was one of the people involved in the Royal Rumble match. So you have one less competitor there. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's the implications of, uh, exposure to her, Having COVID, right. so she is in a relationship with Keith Lee. I don't. Mm-hmm. I believe they live together. I'm not 100 yeah, on you're that. Correct. So you know, there's uh, some other possible exposure there. Do they yeah. keep keep Keith Lee off of this pay per view just yeah. to be safe? Right. I don't know what they have planned for him for the Do, Rumble. Does well, Mustafa only, Ali get pulled out of the right. Rumble? Uh, not how not many? That, people, she's a part of Retribution. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all of Retribution. They were backstage on Raw. Who hung out yeah. with Retribution backstage on Raw? Right. Who uh, shared a locker room with uh, yeah. Mia Yim on Raw? Yeah. Uh, did did she hang out with the the crew at the Performance Center because she's sort of double dipping between NXT and Raw? Like, what, was what? she at Casey Catanzaro's birthday dinner? <laughs> yeah. Did Flippy Ricky have a good big long hug? Because why don't yeah. hug in the middle of a pandemic with Mia Yim and Keith Lee? Like I. I- They've announced as of this morning, this is a, according to Wikipedia, 21 of the men and 13 of the women. Oof. I Ugh. have a feeling this listing is going to get shook the fuck up. Oh, and, boy. And the fact that WWE hasn't said much of anything besides announcing the men's number one and number two and the and having a match for the women's number 30. Um <laughs> Which, I mean, come on, you, you, all right, first of all, you put a match on WWE backstage to determine. Let's double which, back which, real quick. You bring back WWE backstage with everybody. Oh, that's right. That had gone away. Including a pregnant Renee Young. Yes. Oh my gosh. Who? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that that had gone away. Yeah. So you bring the show back. Yeah. You, you announce, a- you announce that you're going to announce the men's number 30 and the women's number one and number two. Oh, did they? That's what they said. And then, and then later in the Gene week, Wilder came in and said, "Strike that, reverse yeah. it." Yeah, they they uh, on Friday on SmackDown they announced they were announce the announce the men's one and two and have a match for the women's number thirty between Natalia and Tamina. Uh, yeah, ratings Gee. geniuses, <laughs> Natalia Gee. and Tamina. I wonder which of those two is going to get a more prominent spot in a Royal Rumble match. Yes. The daughter of the guy who killed the lady that, you know, Vince McMahon helped him get away with yeah. or the uh, daughter of a WWE Hall of Famer or, yeah. or a legend that didn't kill anybody. So yes. we'll go with that. So, yeah. So, so Natalia won. Maddie. She's number 30 on the men's side. Number one is Randy Orton, who, by the way, not wearing a mask anymore. Wow, that's you know what he had I some think, he had I, some stupid like 
vague, like, charring makeup on. But, yeah. I, well, you know what? I think that uh, more attention needs to be given to the magical restorative powers of the WWE uh, medical staff. I yeah. mean, yeah. To, to be able to mostly cure third-degree burns in two weeks uh, in the face, you that's know a what? tender that, That's a great there. point. Rey Mysterio Jr. got thrown off a roof earlier this year, and he was back on TV. <laughs> Well, Sands won. Well, then he lost an eye. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Ray Mysterio lost. Twenty twenty was a tough year for Ray Ray. Um, <laughs> but the number two guy. But he got his kids on TV. Yeah, that's true. The number two guy is Edge. Yeah. Edge, who by the way showed up on Raw this week with a pre uh, with a pre recorded promo that they didn't even announce is going to happen until minutes before it aired. God. Why would you not promote Edge is going to be on Raw? I mean, he hasn't been on Raw for months, right? Yeah, he hasn't been on yeah. Raw for months because he okay. tore his bicep. Yeah. Fucking throw cool. that shit on Twitter Monday morning. Yeah. Pop a rating, assholes. Don't do it at like, well, it's going to air at 8.45, so at 8.32, yeah. I'm going to put this graphic on. Yeah. Uh, also, a uh, random person who popped back up, Braun Strowman showed back up on Friday, so there goes that if you oh. had him in your surprise return pool. Okay. Um, and didn't realize he was gone, but okay. Yeah, yeah he, he was gone. So, uh, the, uh, was I, he injured I, or was it something he tweeted? Uh, <laughs> why not both? <laughs> why not both? Could uh, Lars Sullivan come back? Uh, let me see what happened. Uh, or is he so? Oh, he filming? was indefinitely suspended after headbutting Adam Pierce. I think he had a knee injury. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I think, if I remember right, that, that, that was the storyline reason, but I think the real reason was he had a knee problem. So, so Scrap Daddy's winning the Rumble, right? Uh, I, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't thrown his name into the mix, but uh, I, I suppose it's certainly possible. If based off of storylines, it looks like Daniel Bryan might be the guy to do it, so they can run Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns at the Rumble, which I'd be totally or, at, uh, at Rumble Mania, at Mania, which I'd be totally fine with. Okay. Um, I'd also love to see Big E win. Um, on the women's side, it's a little less clear. Uh, just looking at the list announced so far, my gut tells me it's either going to be Charlotte Flair or Alexa Bliss by way of The Fiend. Okay. All right. Well, I, I would love to see Bianca Belair get the push and rub there. Yeah. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if it was somebody like a Bailey who is yet to win a Rumble. True. Uh, True. So could be could be an option there, but I have no idea what storyline-wise is going on. It's still Asuka and Sasha as champs, right? Uh, yes, yes, that is correct. Uh, okay. Asuka's mostly been involved in... Well, actually, Asuka's been involved in two feuds at the same time. Because she and Charlotte Flair are the current women's tag team champions. Okay. And they're going to be defending against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Um, tonight? Tonight. Uh, okay. That's who they beat for the women's tag titles. Um, but Oscar's also been an ongoing feud where she's uh, constantly scared by uh, creepy Alexa Bliss. Isn't that the same thing Sheeta and Abaddon were doing a couple months ago? Yeah, a month pretty or so much. Ago? Pretty much. Okay. Um, cool. Also on. I, oh, sorry. Uh, before we, before we move on, I have a point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not so, to step on your point, Chris. Shayna Baszler. Yes. Right. Traditionally, not the cookie cutter WWE female performer. Right. And I mean this in a physical look sort of way. Yeah. Although, you know, in the in the right light, I get it. Why is it that they take the most unflattering photos of her for for promo photos and match graphics that I've ever seen in the history of mankind. Uh, is it a rib? No, because she's a heel. 
I think is, it's because is, she's a heel. I mean, so they uh, they they uggo up the heels. Oh, 100%. 100%. Pro wrestling is built if nothing else on aesthetics. And usually when someone's a heel, everything's less flattering. I yeah, I I, I guess, but like, you know, maybe it's because I'm a fan of Shayna. Yeah. And not not, you know, more of the performer, but also in a weird way sometimes in the other way. Uh <laughs> So I see like the photos of the match graphics. I'm like, man, they really fucking did her no fucking favors by choosing this photo to be the one to promote the match. And Shayna Baszler isn't one to work babyface. So this is pretty much what she's got to work with for the entirety of her career, which is a a damn shame. That's a bummer. No, no disagreement here. That's a shame. Okay. All right. Well, you know, like I said, in the right light. um, Yes. hundred percent would just saying. Well, I I don't think she's buying what you're selling, Chris. She probably not, uh, and obviously it would only uh, happen if it was consensual. But I'm saying if the opportunity arose, uh, yeah. then you know yeah. she's in my really uh, yeah I think I would uh, sort of column. You All know, right, All right, right up there with uh, with Queen Latifah, who's also <laughs> not buying what I'm selling. Yes, yes. I got I got, a, I got a weird thing going on here. I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Chris just seems to be naturally attracted to women upon which his musk would do nothing. Um, I love rejection. That's why. (laughs) Also on the rumble uh, tonight, uh, Sasha Banks versus Carmella for the SmackDown women's championship. Yeah. Carmella, Carmella's Emelina. Remember? Oh yeah. That's right. She has a, uh, um, she has a valet now. Uh, His name is Reginald and he's a former Cirque du Soleil performer. (laughs) But, but uh he sorry is, what is he is he, he anybody is, i know is he no just no 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 he, he uh he's supposed to be a uh i'm gonna mispronounce this a salome is that how it's said the wine guy okay sure yeah. some kind of of polynesian descent <laughs> um we're also gonna have a last man standing match roman reigns versus kevin owens for the universal championship that should, should rule that should be really really good and then perhaps most controversially, Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against Goldberg. <sighs> What's the uh, all right over under six minutes? Um, I think it's going to go under six minutes. Under six, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, in a perfect world, it's Goldberg goes for a spear, Drew moves, Goldberg hits turnbuckle, comes back around, catches a um, a not a broke kick. What's his claymore? claymore. Couldn't yeah. you eat a claymore while attempting a spear? I think that's you the... could, but I, I I like the idea of the dodge then the hit. Okay, fair enough. I kind of just want to see his neck contract in a way <laughs> fair that prevents point. him from ever wrestling again. <laughs> fair point. Um, but yeah, Selfishly. so no, not a, a long show, which is probably not a bad thing. No, no I say it yeah. out loud. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're on the road to Mania, God, so we'll a see rumble, what happens. A rumble with no fans. It's going to be so weird. Uh, I cannot wait to see uh, what people get the fake pops. What people yeah. get a fake "You deserve it" or a "You still got it" chance. Oh, um, yeah, this this is going to be interesting. Any? Do you want to make any calls for surprises? I mean, I know you and I both were talking about Seth Rollins, and I, I don't think that's that much of a surprise when he pops. Up. Yeah. Although yeah. we're going to get Michael Cole going, oh my! It's it's uh, King it could Slayer be. Time. It is. <laughs> I don't even. What is he going by? Is the Messiah? Is yeah, he still yeah. the Messiah well, thing? Um, you know what? I don't know because he's on Friday nights now instead of Mondays. So. Okay, 
Friday night uh, fuckboy. <laughs> there it is. The Friday night fuckboy Seth Friday Rollins. Night fuck boy, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Can you imagine Michael Cole? It's the Friday night fuckboy. It's fuckboy time. <laughs> it's fuckboy time. There it is. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Rollins seems like a uh, foregone conclusion. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a couple, you know, old-timey pops. I'm not sure. You know, yeah. if, uh, you know, Hurricane gets his yearly. I was going to say, uh, I, I'm thinking Hurricane. I'm thinking Jeff Jarrett. I'm thinking yeah. inexplicably Sanjay Dutt because he works <laughs> there. Okay. All right. Um, And on the women's side, I think Ronda's going to show up. Yeah. I'm with you on Rousey. Uh, she seems uh, primed for a comeback because WrestleMania season. Yeah. She get that payday there. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the other women, maybe they... Did did uh, Beth Phoenix announce? Um, no, no Beth that I recall. I I wouldn't be surprised to see her pop in there. Yeah. Uh, maybe again a Molly Holly likes there every year. Yeah, You're gonna yeah, need yeah. a lot of women to fill here. Yeah. So you know I'm not sure who else. Who do you, uh, could could Rhea, uh, Rhea Ripley win this thing? Um, I think Rhea is less likely to win more come in early and stay till Final Four, and then they put okay. her in a feud for. Uh, mania not against um, charlotte Fair, please. yeah oh, please god no <laughs> uh, honestly i wouldn't be shocked if charlotte wins yeah because she's yet to win one as well huh yeah so i i, I, so I becky's I, the only four uh horsewoman to win one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay all right so yeah that that that's that's where i really wouldn't be shocked um do you think we get a brock certainly possible um, especially with that that new billy that came in got that the new yeah, the, the the billion that Peacock just. Put oh, oh, yeah. I'm like, who's Billy? I was yeah, like, what are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, I was gonna say they they definitely have the money now to yeah. to, to to bring him in. I, I read something. I don't know if it was just a random story or if it was a stupid tweet or what, but there was like a something that said that Brock Lesnar had a guy hired to live in his basement to just fly him around on a private jet wherever he wanted to. That's amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure the the truth of it, but that's a it's a fun rumor to. You know what? Were were I not uh, gainfully employed, married, and with cats, I would fucking do that. That that oh, sounds yeah, like man. fun. Where you want to go, big guy? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just <laughs> let's not talk politics, Brock. For the love yeah. of God. <laughs> Put the gun away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can bring in a raw deer. That's fine. Just skin it in the yeah. back after takeoff, please. No. Uh... <laughs> Once we reach cruising level, cruising altitude, we'll make we'll make that happen. Uh, and if you you know if you want to pound it out with Sable in the back, just try not to try not to move the plane too much. Exactly, get Sable. It's a two engine plane here. All right, and to wrap up this week's show, let's hop into this week's edition of AEW Dynamite. <laughs> It was the go-home show for Beach Break. Beach Break being a very, very big special edition episode this coming Wednesday. Very Um, excited for the wedding segment. (laughs) Yes, that's that's the number one thing we're all looking forward to. Before we talk about what happened on Dynamite, I would like to say I called it. Which part? Namely, that that wasn't real Penta getting beat up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. World's greatest detective, Martin Day, coming out hot. Indeed, That was not Penta because Penta's having a visa issue, which is why. Should have gotten a MasterCard, man. Come on. (laughs) Exactly. It's everywhere he wants to be. Yeah. Uh, Including Jacksonville, I guess. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Um, That's where the checks come from. Yes. Uh, But you know what? 
Dynamite this week, I, I understand why it was uh, a lower-rated show, because though there were some good matches, one which we thought would be good, one which, again, I'm going to say was a, a big surprise and really blew me away, it was a placeholder show. Um, it, there, there wasn't really a lot major on this show, but the show did kick off hot with Eddie Kingston against Lance, Lance Archer. Uh, as you would hear on our Slagle's Soapbox episode, uh, if you are a Patreon, just hop on patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Sure. Um, we thought this was a really great match. Definite old school feel and vibe, even with Eddie Kingston being choke slammed to the floor by yeah. Lance Archer. Yeah. Although from inside the ring to the yeah. apron to the floor. Yes. Ouchies. Uh, about as clean a version of that as you could get. Cause he did yeah. hit the apron and then roll off down to the floor. But, uh, I really loved this match stiff as fuck. Yep. Uh, Eddie lit up Lance Archer's chest like crazy. Yep. Um, and then he, and, he, and Lance no sold them all too. Yeah. 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 Um, but just a very, very good match. And, uh, I thought of a fun little ending, with uh, Butcher and Blade popping up on the ramp with uh, Jake Roberts all beat up, Bunny pops up out of the other corner, slips yeah. Kingston the knucks, and uh, Kingston hits the spitting back fist with the knucks to take the win. Yep. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that, and definitely this feud must continue. Yeah. And it will next week with a Lumberjack match, right? Yeah, yeah, Lumberjack match that was added after Dynamite. Um I think that match is going to be really, really good. AEW has a, a surprisingly good track record on stipulation matches, which aren't usually good, up to and including the Lumberjack match. That's true. Yeah, they've done okay with those so far. But yeah, that was a good opening. Uh, what happened next? We got a John Moxley promo. One of the most fun John Moxley promos I, I've ever heard as he broke down the, the dramatics of the elite and yeah. basically explained... Ah, well, I guess I got a team with these other guys because their enemies are saying, but I don't trust anybody. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it almost came off to me like he recorded two of them, two yeah. promos, a super, a super serious one, and then this one that was just kind of off the cuff, kind of borderline goofy at times. Yeah. So like, yeah, use whichever one you want, not expecting them to use the goofy one, <laughs> and then they kind of use the goofy well, one. Well, remember, Chris, he likes his beer cold, his coffee hot. And his sex wa- in the morning. Well, his, and his water room temperature. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I enjoy my water room temperature as well. Well, there you go. The buddy's there. Um, you can't drink as much water. If you're really thirsty, you can't drink as much cold water as you can room temperature water. It's just a fact. Th- this is true. This is true. Um, wh- what I did love about it was, again, just that kind of off-the-cuff feel. Just like – yeah. It's Mox in the field yelling at a camera. <laughs> it, much. It reminded me of that promo he did uh, when he was coming back from COVID, and he and he said the thing about how uh, we should all call our grandmas, like just yeah. just weird, you know, winsome advice from John Moxley. Like he's kind of the fun uncle, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you go to Thanksgiving, like, oh, is Uncle is Uncle Mox Uncle John going to be there? Yeah. You know. He's like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll get to hang out with Uncle John. He'll say some weird shit. It'll be fun. <laughs> less Maybe play me in a game of checkers. Less effective, though, I thought, was the uh, Sting and Darby Allen promo, where they're in some random warehouse and said uh, Sting was hurt by Taz calling them hoodlums. But you know what? I am a hoodlum. And he starts bashing windows with his bat. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, mean, I don't it know what it that did, was about. Did not, did not really... It you know the the setting was cool. That was a cool yeah, setting for yeah. it. Would it would you know 
it makes sense for Darby Allen and Sting to hang out in a dilapidated warehouse, you know, that used to be a pillow factory or a cracker factory or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, that that's that's the perfect setting for those two guys. Uh, but, yeah, the promo was in. Eh, it was it was OK. And then, you know, beating the broken, beating the glass with a baseball bat and then throwing a skateboard through the glass, which didn't really make that much of a sound. It just it was like, OK, sure. Yeah, yeah it was it was cool. Dramatically fine. <laughs> but then we had a counter promo from Taz and Team Taz as they were walking through uh, the venue and then beat up some merch guys selling some yeah. Sting t-shirts outside, which yeah. was uh, which which was fun. And it was the first time we saw Hook actually really get physical. Yeah, he like toss a guy over a guardrail and then yeah, yeah. Um, I think Hobbs threw a guy through the guardrail <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like a motherfucker. Yeah, the the I will say the minute Hook throws on a Taz mission on somebody, I'm marking out like crazy. That's pretty yeah, much no where doubt. I'm going to be. Yeah, if we get there. <laughs> uh, we had uh, Jericho and MJF against the Varsity Blondes in a really fun tag match. Um, you know what that was? Yeah, uh, I mean it was it was totally a, a, a TV tag match. You know, like mm-hmm. you would expect us to be on like a WCW Saturday Night. Griff Garrison might be the one of the best baby faces in AEW, like pure baby face. Yeah, um, his hot tag on Brian Pillman Jr. Unfortunately, was to Brian Pillman Jr., but it was very <laughs> well timed. Will there be a match with Brian Pillman Jr. when they don't reference Brian Pillman Sr.? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I get it. It's right there in the name. Yeah. And anybody who's been watching wrestling gets it. Okay. So it's not like it has to be dwelled upon JR. Okay. Yeah. We get it. Just like Jake Hager being from Perry, Oklahoma and being a fucking uh, wrestling NCAA wrestling champ or whatever the fuck. We know. Yeah. All right. Shut the fuck up. There was a long and uninteresting promo with Cody and Arn Anderson. Oh, fuck. This. I, oh, my God. This was the low point. Of dynamite yeah, this year, yeah. This promo was long-winded. It, it didn't accomplish anything. It did it not get me excited for anything. And dull, <clears throat> and featured two people who should not have microphones in live settings. Yeah, I know it was a pre-taped episode of Dynamite, but it was <laughs> in front of a live crowd. Jade yeah. Cargill's not ready to promo at length, and then you had Red Velvet get involved. Yeah, and she needs a lot of work on the mic too. Cody's going to Brandy's eaten for two right now. And Cody's going to have to work for four in March when they have this tag match. <laughs> if this thing happens. Yeah. 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 I, I don't give a single shit about this. Cody is far too talented to be slumming it like this. I agree wholeheartedly. This was a drag. This was a bummer of a segment, man. Yeah. Not, not a fan of it at all. Um, Hangman Page, a little more intrigue with him as he had a squash, uh, mostly squash match against uh, Dolph Ziggler's non-union Spanish equivalent, his little brother, yeah. Ryan yeah. Nemeth, uh, who basically literally works as the Gilbert version of Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, it's hysterically terrible. <laughs> um, Hangman Page ended up beating him up, though. But the interesting thing here was Matt Hardy came out uh-huh. and watched the match and I was originally pretty kind of sour on the idea of Matt Hardy trying to get Hangman Page in his stable of goons. <laughs> but then Matt Hardy, credit where credit is due, added a little bit of panache on social that they didn't have on the TV. He used to book Matt uh, or uh, Matt Hardy used to book Hangman Page for uh, random Omega spot shows in the oh, really? uh, early 2010s. So they have a history. Okay. So I, I, All right. I, I, I could be sold on this. But... You know, if 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 
if Paige turns down the Dark Order, who yeah. is just a lovable bunch of goofs who really wanted him, yeah. why would he then go, you know, aside from this little bit of history, why would he yeah. then go sign up with with uh, with Matt Hardy party? It doesn't make any yeah. sense. I, I feel like he will end up abandoning another group in this. Right. Um, and it might be the scenario of you kind of have to put him with heels because you know, Dark Orders or Dark Order clear faces. So, you know, you get like the turnaround of him doing yeah. despicable things to being a full baby face again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What was absolutely blow away this week, and if there's anything, folks, that you need to walk away from this episode in your watch list right after Shingo versus Tana. It was the one-on-one match between Jurassic Express's Jungle Boy and FTR's Dax Harwood with uh, Luchasaurus handcuffed to Tully Blanchard and Cash Wheeler on the outside. Yeah, Very effective, the handcuff gimmick. I like that. This was about 15 minutes long, and it was the most enjoyable Babyface versus heel throwdown I've seen in a long time. And, and yeah. Jungle Boy was all heart. Dax Harwood was an absolute son of a bitch. Yep. They fucking, for the first time in, in ages, they did the uh, old Malenko Guerrero uh, pinfall spot mm-hmm. at the end, and it actually worked. It didn't just yeah. feel like masturbatory chain wrestling. Uh, this was stunning. I, I was blown away by it. Yeah, and it, it, to a certain point, it felt like a New Japan match to me a little bit because yeah. of some hard striking exchanges and, um, you know, timing is everything yeah. in pro wrestling coming from somebody who watches pro wrestling in his basement. Um, <laughs> but when you have two guys that are so good and polished that the timing just hits for everything. They're where they need to be. The hits land, or at least look like they're landing the way they're supposed to be. Every strike, every reversal, everything kind of hit flush. Um, And, you know, it's a credit to those two guys. And, you know, every now and then you just go out there and you have, the home run match that everything lands perfect. And this was one of those matches. Yeah. You know, it got a little, it, it, it had a, like a fight feel to it. It was a little mm-hmm. scrappy and chippy at times mm-hmm. uh, when they were trading back and forth, everything that, you know, that they were telling in the ring physically and, you know, and, and with, you know, with the moves and the in between moves, everything like that, everything worked, you know, it, yeah. it was, it was another situation like the, like the Shingo Tana, not to that level, but for, like you said, for it being a TV match between yeah. a, you know, uh, a, a young up and comer who's yeah. really only had one kind of marquee not loss because he didn't right. beat Jericho. He just right, right, right. lasted 10 minutes. Yeah. So at, uh, going against the guy who's a tag team guy in a yeah. singles match. So, and, you know, and, and we knew on paper that it should be a good fun match. Yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. this was just a, an example of everything over delivering. Yep. Like, uh, goddamn, the fucking slingshot power bomb. Yep. Was. Beautiful gorgeous like yep. I, that that's that's when i officially sat up and t- take took notice like a lot of this show and the main event of the show especially i was a little zoned out there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot that was yeah. grabbing me opening match happened and apparently a lot of people in different cable services had issues watching the first match uh oh, that's in archer so they had to like throw it on on youtube um but the you know a lot of the show it was just there for me 
But there was a point in this match where it got super heated. I'm like, fuck, this yeah. is awesome. Like, yep. this is so goddamn great. The minute that they completely pull the trigger on Jungle Boy as a solo guy, he is going to go far. I know we've been saying it since AEW's inception, yeah. but this was that indication of just how much he's grown as a worker. And fuck, it, it, where's my Dax Harwood singles push at this point? Like, <laughs> no offense to Cash. I mean, they're a great duo, but God, he was so good here. Um, after yeah. the match, and not only that, oh, he sorry. didn't just he didn't just get the pin. He tapped him out. Yeah, tapped him out. Hit the snare trap. Uh, locked his cross name. face on it. Yeah, very know. very great name. Yeah. Uh, but then after the match, uh, this feud must continue. Yeah. Tully threw powder in Luchasaurus's face. Wheeler beat down Jungle Boy. Slingshot suplex uh, was hit on Jungle Boy. Then uh, they did the uh, diving uh, spike pile driver with Tully. Uh, on Luchasaurus, yep. they handcuffed Luchasaurus to the ropes, and Dax Harwood pu- pulls off scissors, pulls out scissors rather, and cuts the horns off of Luchasaurus's mask. <laughs> Real dick move there. And yeah, then, uh, it which like, is ridiculous when it's said. I out thought loud. they were going to cut off the mask. Yeah, and be like, "You're not a dinosaur. You're just a man." Uh, but yeah. the fact that they cut off the horns, I thought was like a, a, a nice mixture of like dick move and quasi kayfabe move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. But uh looks like they were going to cut off Jungle Boy's hair. Marco Stunt runs out with a chair for the save. As does A gold SCU. chair? Where do you get a gold chair? Yeah. Look, Tony Khan. It's Tony Khan. <laughs> um, He's like uh, Chester. What was his fucking name? Chester uh, Lampwick? Who was the, uh, the guy who invented Chester J. Scratchy? Lampwick. Yeah, he yeah, has Lampwick. his gold yeah, house and his rocket car. <laughs> yeah, the rocket car. <laughs> um <laughs> So uh, we've got uh, we we had a uh, Britt Baker match against Shauna. This is fine. Uh, Britt yeah. Baker continues to improve by leaps and bounds. This is really more about putting uh, her over uh, as a big heel as she applied the lockjaw lock twice, which had Thunder Rosa run out to build their match at Beach Break. Um, and then the main event was the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers against the Dark Order. This felt like a house show main event, and like it I said, I, I definitely zoned out on this one. It was, it was perfunctory at best for me. I mean, uh, John Silver looked really good in it. You know, they, they yeah, the Silver Gallo stuff was really good. Yeah, yeah, that was really good, and you know, he had a nice Cesaro esque, you know, House of Fire moment, knocking out all the guys inside and outside of the ring. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Stu Grayson had a really good hot tag too. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I was like, eh, yeah, this is fine. This is fine. Yeah. Uh, but after the match. Yeah. After the match, Ray Phoenix runs out, goes after the good brothers, uh, good brothers, take him out, go for the magic killer. Out comes John Moxley for the save. Out comes Omega and Omega is hit with a gorgeous paradigm shift. Yeah. Outstanding. Like yeah. straight up spiked. Yeah. So beach break next week. Big show. Uh, we've got the AEW Tag Team Championship number one contenders battle royal, which the Young Bucks themselves will be in. Uh-huh. If they win, they get to pick their own opponents for uh, Revolution and the Rise. The team that wins uh, uh, is going against the Bucks at Revolution. Um, team, you think now, the Good Brothers are winning that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the Bucks made it clear that if they win, they're going to pick out the Good Brothers as their opponents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so far <clears throat> announced for it, the Bucks, Top Flight, Private Party, Jurassic Express, FTR, Jericho and MGF, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Santana and Ortiz, Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager, and The Acclaimed. The one thing that's weird, though, for me, is 
didn't Jericho and MJF just win the right to be the tag team of the inner circle? And the I other was two just going to say the same thing in there. Like, yeah, that's kind of weird. But no Hollywood Blondes? Uh, yeah, or, or whatever they're called. Uh, are they called the Hollywood? Uh, uh, no, no, no. Varsity that's Blondes. Just, uh, varsity Blondes, yeah. that's right. That's just yeah. muscle memory there. Yeah. Um, we have Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, which should be very, very good. Mm-hmm. The aforementioned mm-hmm. wedding, Penelope Ford, Kip Sabian, with Miro as the best man, and Charles the <laughs> Butler is going to be there also. I don't care how many times I hear it. I'll never laugh. I'll never not laugh uh, at Charles. Charles Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Charles Taylor. Uh, the Lumberjack match with Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer, which should be dope as hell, and an incredible sounding main event. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus John Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix. That is live yeah. next <clears> week on Dynamite. Uh, also randomly announced the first match of the first round of the AEW Women's Championship Eliminator, Serena Deeb. Gonna be going against a returning from Japan Riho. Yeah, so it's looks exciting. Like, uh, the the Joshi mo- must flow. <laughs> the pipeline from Japan to AEW is reopened. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm I'm all for that. Looking forward to seeing who else fills out that um, bracket there. Yeah. But one thing that I found funny on on somebody posted on Twitter is uh, John Moxley and unlikely pals. So it was, it was a photo of John Moxley <laughs> and Shooter. Shooter uh, Umino. Yes. There was a photo of John when he teamed with Okada. Mm-hmm. There was oh, I forget what the third one was, but then the fourth was John and Phoenix together. <laughs> and it's just John and Unlikely Pals, and I yeah. absolutely fucking love it. Yeah, I I, I very much enjoy it. Um, now, Chris, I got to ask you, what do you think yes. the over under is that in this women's title eliminator we just get Kota Ibushi in a skirt? Do you think we can make that happen? I will f- fucking walk to Jacksonville. <laughs> To just take that skirt after he wears it and just ravage myself with it. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House, uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. WWE Royal Rumble is upon us. 30 men, one victor, taken on the champion at WrestleMania. In addition to these following matches, Big E Langston vs. CM... P- no? Big E Langston vs. Damian... Sa- no? Damian Sandow taking on two members of the... She- no? Big Show versus Randy... O- That's not happening. Bushwhacker Luke versus Dick... That's not... We're not doing... AJ Lee teaming up with Natalia to take on the Bella Triplets. That's... They're not... She's not a triplet? Okay. Tamina Snuka versus Shane McMahon. You're not. Do- we're not doing that. Oh, I'm just saying. That's what it was in front of me. John Cena and the Rock. We're not. We're not doing the Rock now. Hulk Hogan and the Ghost of the Macho Man Randy Savage taking on Sylvester Stallone and Scott Hall. We're not. We're not doing that. Oh, I- Jesus Christ. Some dude's gonna fight some other fucking dude. Some chick's gonna fight a chick. Thirty guys are gonna enter. One dude's gonna come out for the title shot. Probably won't get it. WWE pay-per-views. 
Who the fuck knows what we're doing?